Weekend Breakfast with Rufilwe Mpakanyane. Email her on rufilwem at 702.co.za. My next guest is an author. She is a speaker. She is a human potential and parenting expert. And uh, Nikki Bush is who we speak to at this time every Saturday morning. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning, Rufiwe. So, of course, um, Monday is Women's Day. August is Women's Month. And uh, lots of platitudes can uh, can be found, uh, heard, thrown about when it comes to the meaning of this month, the work that needs to be done uh, during this month. But, you know, something that is incredibly key and a simple concept that you're unpacking for us is really seeing girls. What do you mean by that? (laughs) So how can we really see girls? It's all about seeing the whole girl, Mm. not just what she looks like. And men, women, boys and girls really seem to default to commenting about appearance before anything, which conveys a message to girls that appearance counts more than anything else. It's a big question. Mm. And I posed this question to my book club yesterday. And then last night, I actually put it on Facebook to the village, which has got 40,000 parents. It's a private parenting group. And I cannot tell you how rich and detailed the responses were. Mm. And people feel very, very strongly about it. And obviously, we've got to find our middle ground here because, yes, we do like to be complimented if we've taken the trouble to, um, you know, on our appearance. A, A woman gets a real lift when she when she gets that compliment. But... We mustn't be obsessive about it. And of course, the media over the years has really played into this corner, whether it's, you know, if you look back at the history of Barbie or whether you look at how airbrushed pictures have been in magazines. And there's been this aspiration to the perfect figure, Mm. to look like a specific body type. But actually, appearance is not 100% in a woman's control because you are born with a specific body type, a figure type. And it's, it's, that's not necessarily what you control. There's so much more about a girl, about a woman that they can. And isn't it interesting that in the Olympics, I'm not sure if you were watching, mm. but often the commentators spoke about the women athletes as girls. Mm. They never spoke about the men as boys. boys. Mm. Mm. Isn't that interesting? And there's so much... Uh, in words, the words that we use when you talk to people, our language is key, it's critical. So whatever we focus our attention on in conversation, Mm. we send a message that that's what's important and that's what matters. So if we want to send different messages about how we value girls, we have to use different words and acknowledge different qualities that they can control Mm, more than their looks. Well, you know, now that you, you've touched on the Olympics, and I think what was um, what was so key, and you'll, I'll, I'll remember really, I'll remember shortly. I'll try, I'll try to um, remember that is uh, which country's team it was that ditched the volleyball bikini bottoms for shorts, right? And the fact that they were penalised and chastised over that also at the Olympics, and you think to yourself, you know, there's yes, the words are important. Treatment is also key as well. Why should women be running around playing volleyball? 
volleyball and bikini bottoms. If that's not what they want to do, when their male colleagues can just wear comfortable shorts, right? So yeah, all sorts yeah. of messaging um, and priming and in many ways grooming to think of yourself as a piece of meat <laughs> um, as opposed to being that athlete. Or you might be an athlete, but you have to uh, qualify your athleticism by with your sexiness as well. So there's all sorts of things going on with how we treat women versus men or according to those commentators men versus girls men versus girls absolutely in fact it was interesting uh, now that you're bringing up you know what what uh, women wear for sport um one of the books or expected girls, to wear right or expected exactly yeah. mm. she had a, a daughter who was a top um uh, rhythmic gymnast and she said you know the gymnasts are, are actually offered leotards all those full body suits sure but it's up to each individual what they wish to choose. And she said, very interestingly, that most of the girls actually chose the leotards. Mm. And maybe it was a comfort factor. Maybe, it, you know, it's actually about the performance of your body rather than the look. Mm. Um, that's we, we, We've got to look at that as well. Absolutely. So, Nikki, um, I'm going to stop you right there really quickly. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm on Bluetooth um, or some kind of speaker, but I'm getting feedback and I'm, I don't think it's on our side. Not sure if it's, uh, if it's uh, on your side as well. Uh, am I on Bluetooth? I can't hear anything. You're on a. I'm, I'm on a, a landline phone. Okay, now you sound perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen. Let's carry on. <laughs> Otherwise, so me on myself. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Even better. Let's let's carry on. Um, so the sort of you we touched on and the sort of jump off for the conversation was, you know, emphasis on a, a girl's appearances as they're growing up. You compliment her for everything but um, what's happening on the inside, how she uses her mind, perhaps how dexterous she is, perhaps how she's an amazing climber and, you know, athlete, whatever it might be. But, you know, just unpack for us the importance of validating more than, oh, you look so cute in that dress. Mm. Oh, I like your, I like the ribbon in your hair. Uh, yeah, the importance of doing all of those things. things. <laughs> or exactly, that too. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's about steering the conversation in a different direction by considering other qualities you admire about her. So ask her questions, questions that let her know you're interested in her life. Open-ended questions also help to build language um, and, and um, to, to get her to talk about what she's doing, what she's learning, what she loves. And, you know, this speaks to uh, eventually, you know, looking at careers and choosing things that interest you, that the world is prepared to pay for, that you're good at. Um, so you can ask questions about, uh, for, for little girls, show me your favorite toy or your favorite book. Or for older girls, ask about her plans. Or tell her that she matters to you and that you're happy to see her. Um, you know, when we talk about seeing somebody, I'm so happy to see you. Mm. Not, um, wow, look at that beautiful haircut. <laughs> you know? And yes, we'd like to hear those things, but it's secondary to who we are, not what we're, we're like on the outside. Tell her you've been thinking about her. Mm. Tell her that you've been wondering what she's been up to and praise her for those attributes she can control, like how hard she works or when she doesn't give up or thanking her for being kind to others or complimenting her for her curiosity. I think so much about acknowledging her thoughts, her opinions, her experiences, interests, 
her choices. Now, choices are important. Um, so uh, one of my friend's uh, daughters is currently the boat man at UCT. Now, mm. that is a, situ- a, a, a job um, that is usually held by a man, not a woman, in the boat club, the rowing. Sure. Um, and and she does a brilliant job at that. She manages the maintenance, the boat acquisition, the usage of the club. And she's also really good at changing tires. And she's a very interesting person to talk to. And she also loves being a girl when the occasion demands. And she cleans up really well. She's gorgeous. <laughs> well, I- I'm sure, Nikki, she is uh, always a girl because, you know. <laughs> but yeah, when you say, you know, she leans into those stereotypical attributes when when she feels like it not even necessarily when the occasion demands when she feels like it on her own terms right yes absolutely and owning the space you know i think that's the thing is showing up how you want to show up when you want to show up yeah. uh, in in ways that are good for you there was another really great comment that was made in this uh, facebook thread uh, by a mum, and she says to her daughters is your body an ornament or is it an instrument? Mm. Isn't that powerful? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And you know how to have um, how to have that kind of uh, conversation with your child. Obviously, um, age appropriate language is very, very necessary. But sort of unpacking what or trying to help your child understand why you're using that particular language um, as opposed to everyone else, you know, in their life. Because we know that a kid, a child will go to crash, for instance, and start getting introduced to gendered ways of viewing color. Suddenly, no, no, that's for boys and this is for girls. Mm. Meanwhile, that's not necessarily, that's not even the language that um, is utilized in your own home. That's not the thinking that's utilized in your own home. So when you say, when you, you know, unpack concepts like that with your child, is your body uh, an object or a tool, uh, sorry, an ornament or a tool, you know, how do you um, help your child actually synthesize what you're getting at? Mm. So I've got a nice line here that I've been thinking about. And if we talk to our children, and this applies to boys and to girls, you're here to change the world. You know, you're a powerful human being. You're here to change the world. You're born with different gifts different strengths, different interests Mm. and every single child is unique and you know your brain, your body you're more than the sum of what you look like on the outside and you're here to to impact on the world and I think uh, you know just by being born you change the world Mm. and very often we don't say things like that to our children so it's really important that they know that they are um, they are here to to make an impact, and they're going to make they're going to write their own story. And maybe that's a nice thing to you know to say right now is that we've got to be very careful not to write our children's life stories for them. Mm. They have to have the opportunity to express themselves through their bodies, through their minds, through their hearts. These are just the vessels for the being. Um, and, and, and I think let's also just remember that it's very important that they hear these things coming from their parents because children are always trying to make it with their parents. Mm. They're trying to get their parents approval and actually children will just about do anything 
to get their parents' approval. And that puts parents in an incredibly powerful position of influence. And parents should never forget that. And that's why we also have to guard against how we talk to our children and what we say to our children because it is shaping their minds and how they think about themselves. And I just want to add one more point here. And this came from a therapist recently um, talking about a girl in therapy whose parent and mother had said all the right things, all the things that we're saying here today. Don't just talk about appearance, talk about what's going on on the inside. Uh, You know, when they're painting and drawing, and I've said this so many times on this show, don't just say, what an amazing drawing. You know, that's so brilliant and marvelous, but talk about the colors they've chosen. And I love how you concentrated and you've been so patient and taken so much care. You know, these are all the right things to say because it's more about the process than it is about the outcome. But there sometimes is a gap and, and this therapist was telling me that her mother had told her all these amazing things about her process. And yet? But her mother never, ever told her how beautiful she looked. <laughs> yeah. And isn't that interesting? There was this missing gap <laughs> that her mum had never, ever said those words that you are so beautiful mm. to me. Mm. Yeah. So I think we have to find our middle ground. You yeah. know, <laughs> we do have to find our middle ground. I think uh, so many themes of our conversations, Nikki, are, of course, you have to be intentional about parenting. But who in that personal life, in that everyday life, can always be intentional, can always be measured, <laughs> can always watch exactly. themselves and their biases or their preferences, you know, which uh, yeah, they slip out all the time. You know, your your baggage will definitely, you know, um, show up uh quite consistently especially in your personal life especially at home and so this job of parenting makes it means that not, not only are you parenting this individual trying to see them for you know everything and uh, yeah. every element of of their being but in many ways you're, you're kind of re-educating yourself you're learning as well on so many fronts and constantly well, that is, that is, I think, the process of parenting. We don't know everything. And our children come to us as an asset test. And, and they are constantly challenging our perceptions and our stereotypes. How are we going to respond to them? And there's a lovely throwaway line that gets used often without people even thinking. Mm. Oh, you're running like a girl. Oh, you know, you're scared just like a girl. Oh, you're just doing that like a girl, that line of like a girl. Um, And we have to be quite careful of what that means because it's quite derogatory. Um, and it's I think we can said to boys. Yeah, I think we can just throw it out altogether. Quite frankly, like uh, let's let's just drop it because uh, I've I've often heard it employed and used by. Actually, I'll be very specific. Um, a playmate of my daughter's, a woman, um, the mm. mother would say that to the boys who were friends with my child. And I, it's, you know, the second time I heard her doing this, teasing the boy for crying, four year old boy. Of course, I mean, what are you doing? Um, so you ask her, well. If he is being teased for crying and then being compared to a girl, mm-hmm. what is your problem with yourself 
as a woman? <laughs> What's going on in your life that you hate yourself so much? <laughs> what are you modeling for this kid to feel and think about women when they grow up? So there's certain things that can just, quite frankly, disappear off the face of the earth, Nikki. And it, they just it add really, no value. It, they add no value. And you're, incumb- you, you know, you're, you're giving your child all sorts of baggage that, quite frankly, they don't need. It doesn't make the journey any easier, right? Because now this poor little boy is going to have to grow up, be in, be in relationships where he gets pushback or he's got partners who have to confront him and about his behavior or his attitudes or his language and you know and and what does it do for him as well when it comes to self-expression and being able to talk about his emotion or express himself why shouldn't a boy cry why are we doing this exactly exactly (laughs) actually i love a man who can cry it is just so heartwarming and and let's not forget that for all our children we should be developing long-term confidence and self-esteem and helping them to build that inner strength that's going to be required when they're going through the more awkward stages, say, of puberty. And let's bring up young women of substance. We need to help them create a life of meaning where they're valued for their thoughts and ideas, their personalities and their values, who they are and what they stand for, as well as their accomplishments rather than their looks. And, you know, of course, we need to encourage them to put their best foot forward in the appearance stakes because people do make decisions on first impressions, Mm -hmm. but that's only part of the deal. Nikki, before we go to um, your toy review, I I wonder how you help and appearance in your discussions and in your work with um, dealing dealing with children who and I don't want to use the word defy their expectations but because we all have our specific blinders on you might think you're open you might think you're well you know whatever the term might be but your child will always explore new frontiers that you were unaware of that you weren't hip to that surprise you and you know the the difference or how to manage i suppose change how to keep your own expectations or surprise or disappointments in check whilst validating and valuing your child. As you say, Mm. they're on their own journey. They are on their own journey. And sometimes a good question to ask yourself as a parent is, so what? We don't often ask ourselves that question. My child's dressing like this. So what? Mm. And usually that brings up your little hot spot. of it's about you, it's not about your child. (laughs) And so much about parenting is fix yourself and then your child will be fine. Mm. So often we're trying to do it the other way around and it's usually because of how we're going to be perceived in public. Yeah, interesting one. All right, so today you've got the Mr. Sketch scented markers for us. Tell us more. Yes, now this is a pack of eight markers and the make is Samford. And Mr. Sketch markers have been on the market for years, but they are the best kept secret. They are the best markers you will ever buy. When I purchased my first set about 10 years ago from the Educational Toy Center in Highlands North, Avril and Monty Gork, who run that store, told me to write the date on the box because they said to me, these are going to last you forever. And I said, you lie. (laughs) Pokey pens don't last. (laughs) And I did. And you know what? They lasted me over eight years. They told me seven years. I think they lasted (laughs) 10 years. And I really didn't believe them. Uh But they are slightly more expensive than most. 
but they have just gone on and on and on. They are fantastic colors and they're scented too, which of course my kids and visiting nieces and nephews always love. Um, so they're not permanent markers or whiteboard markers. They're mm-hmm. proper pens, brilliant for use on flip charts, and they don't bleed through the paper. Sure. And great for crafts and creative endeavors. And they're these rich, true, vibrant colors. They've got an angled tip. So you can use, you can create broad lines, medium lines, and thick lines. And their longevity is why they have been the markers of choice for training rooms in large companies around the country for years. So these, at the moment, they are selling them for $1.99 a pack. On most websites right now, they're 265 rand for eight. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, of course, perfect for children from four and up. And you can get them from the Educational Toy Center. Um, so it's educationaltoycenter.com or you can find them on the corner of Lee Werther and 8th Avenue in Highlands North. So 199 Rand for a pack of eight and they smell like black licorice, blue blueberry, green mint, yellow lemon, orange, brown cinnamon, purple grape and magenta raspberry. You know what, when it comes to scented stuff, especially at uh, that primary school age, <laughs> it's always such a treat to like, what, do, are space cases still a thing in this day and age? I don't know. Like, but it was always... multi-century, <laughs> yeah. just add something. <laughs> yeah, it's always something, like just a treat to like whip something out of your space case and just, you know, show off to the rest and be the envy of the class. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Nikki, if uh, if these can survive um, my own child sort of forgetting to put the, uh, the pen cap back on and me only finding them two or three hours later then I'll <laughs> well <laughs> well might just be pushing the envelope a bit to feel wet oh okay so so neglect is not covered in terms of no. longevity over here oh my goodness the bane of my existence <laughs> thanks so much Nikki you have a good one until we chat next weekend Leisure, and you too and a happy woman's day for Monday absolutely you too <laughs>